Yo, welcome to another episode of Sports Time with Mai, and we've got a good one for you today. I get some time to catch up with Detroit's very own coach, Jay Smith, and we talk that shit today, y'all. We talk about growing up in Detroit. We talk about the difference of Detroit, New York, and Chicago basketball, and then, of course, coaching at Fisk University, WC3, Schoolcraft College, and a lot more. So sit back and relax and listen to this great episode of Sports Time with my, with Jay Smith. I'll be downtown oh. working. You <laughs> <laughs> was up close and personal. Oh yeah, with it. yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You was up close and personal with it. Well, we we get right into it, Coach. I'm glad to have you. Uh, this is long time coming, but you know. It, the stuff it happened when it's supposed to happen, you know. Yeah, no doubt. So I uh, I appreciate you taking some time to come on the podcast with me, and uh, I got uh, Coach Coach Jay Smith here. Everybody, Detroit's very own, uh, you know, fresh fresh from the D. Uh, thanks for coming, Coach. Hey, no problem. I just want to. Uh, we just gonna talk some hoops today, man. Talk a little bit about you. Uh, you didn't. You you didn't done some great things in the basketball world, quiet as kept, and that's kind of why I want to have you on the show. Um, specifically, as a black coach coming from Detroit, you know that's something that's something to be proud of, and the places and the, and the you know opportunities that you've given to other kids, and uh, that's kind of you know what made me really want to do uh, do the podcast with you this episode because of everything that's going on right now. Yeah, you know. Um... You know, like you said, coming from the inner city of Detroit, man, uh, you know, I, I was down there with the with the best of them. I was down there raised from the gutter, project kid, you know, and uh, went my way, uh, came up through Detroit Northwestern, uh, played ball, went on mm-hmm. to college, man, and got on the police force, joined the military, came back home, got on the police force, worked for the school city. Uh, the city, city of Detroit, and uh, Detroit public school system, and you know my journey just kind of, kind of playing from there, man. But you know I was just one of the ones that, you know I ever said if I ever got a chance to make it out, I would uh, come back in whatever way I can and help uh, kids, you know, try to get a a, a better start um, than than what's out there, you know, because as you know. Uh, coming from the city, man, it's crime written, drug filled, um, you know, everything under the sun. And, um, you know, it's a struggle every day just to survive. Yeah. And this, that's really true. You know, we grow up and the things that we see, everybody that got nice cars, nice clothes where we from, you, you're doing one or two things and usually it's not legal, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, it, it, you know, my dad coached and, you know, you coach and there's always, you know, this is the way. No, this 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 game, this ball can take you so many different places. Yeah, you know, um, if it wasn't for for athletics, um, you know, I honestly don't know if I would have made as many stops and traveled as many places as I've have thus far. You know, this soon. So you know, like they say, uh, athletics don't let the uh, what they say. What's the saying? Don't don't let athletics use you. Use use athletics. Use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that that goes both ways. You know, and I was just fortunate. You know, I I knew I wasn't going to be a, a a pro, but I knew I could help some other kids get to that level, which I have become pros. And let's talk about that a little bit. Like you said, growing up in Detroit, Northwestern High School. Some some good basketball players have come out of Northwestern High School. Hey man, you know we we, we had our battles. I mean, I've I've had some good players that I played with: uh, Darius Hall, uh, Dion Davenport, Chris Beckham, and I've also played against some of the best, which I still some keep in contact today, like Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, Rashawn Leonard. You know, I still talk to them guys here and there. So you know, um, you know, I always said if if you really want to get some some good basketball players it's a few places you go Detroit is one of them <laughs> Chicago is one of them and New York you know everybody else can say what about California and and I'm hearing all this Seattle stuff but you want you want yeah. the three meccas right there Detroit New York and Chicago and you can tell the Detroit basketball player for a mile away. Once they start playing, you can tell, usually a guard, you can tell when that guard 
has grown up playing in the Detroit League. Every Detroit guard I've seen in the NBA throughout. You know, you watch Monty Morris play with the Denver Nuggets. You know, you can see he playing that, that Flint basketball at Michigan. What about that Detroit brand of basketball kind of sets us apart from, you know, the Chicago, the Cali's? Seattle boys. Well, you know, I think Detroit just brings a toughness. You know, um, I think truly players take on the grit of the city. You know, um, again, when you out here, we don't we don't have the luxury gyms with the soft floors and the the nice rims. You know, we out here on the street corner. We got to say, Rita's. Yeah, we playing crate ball. We playing blacktop ball, and you get it how you get it. There's no blood, no foul. You know what I'm saying? So that that goes all the way from the bottom of the D all the way up to the top to a Traverse City. You know, so it don't matter what kind of what color you are, what what gender you are. I mean, the girls getting it just like the guys. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. You know, so I just think when you when you look at the the inner city, like I said, with the with the New Yorks, the the Chicago, and the Detroit, compared to the Los Angeles, the Seattle. You know, when you look out there in the California, they play that that pretty ball. You know, that's that's what I call it. You mm-hmm. know, you look at the guys that prep come, school ball. Yeah, yeah. You look at the guys that come from there. They got the pretty hair. You know, they're not used to getting roughed up and filed. And yeah. you know, it's funny because me and me and Jalen, we always uh, we always talk and uh, we laugh because you know, no 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 doubt about it, Southwestern was the was the king of the uh, the district back in my day. So, you know, no we, about it. we would try to get whatever edge up we can. And he always laughed at how my basketball coach would uh, oil the floors right before <laughs> right before they take place, <laughs> trying to get whatever advantage they can. So it's, it's just that, man. I don't know, you know, if anybody ever watched that ESPN uh, special that he did and they were saying like, hey, maybe somebody in the stands saying you might want to miss that free throw, homie. It was real. It was real, man. If you never, if you never played on the mop floor, oh, freshly before the tip off. If you never played on the freshly mop floor, man. Hey, look, man. I, you know, because they, they know you' about to press the whole game. Oh, yeah, so the floor, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, the floor yeah. Floor got to be wet. No, no doubt about it, man. You know, I wouldn't take none of that away, man. I wouldn't take none of that away from my my childhood. And so you played at Northwestern. You went on to Jordan College. Uh, did you hoop at Jordan College? What division, if you did play there, what division is that? Well, at that time, they were uh, NAI. That's back in the day. Yeah, they were NAI. It's no longer open, so my degree probably ain't worth the, the money that the paper was printed on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they were NAI at the time, man, and coming up. And uh, uh, they were still trying to fill the team. But, you know, before that, I was still trying to get it right, man. So I had to stop at uh, Wayne State. And, uh, you know, redshirted down there. And then uh, after I redshirted, I said, you know what? I just thought it wasn't for me at the time. And that's when I left and I went to the Army. So, you know, after I did my time in the Army, you know, I played played ball for, for the Army. And then once I came home, you know, I got into the work field. And I knew that I had to get into the education side. So I finished up at uh, Jordan, which uh, ended up closing its doors in 96. And, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it shut down in 96. And, uh, you know, I got out right in time. So um, from there, man, I just kind of kind of just filled my way out. I'm still being young and, and did a lot of service in the in the city and eventually got on the police department, man. And I started working there. So I did a, roughly about between there and the board of education, which is all city related, 15 years. And, uh, you know, that's when I started giving back to the city directly, directly. And so in between that time, you know, I I was coaching at various high schools. I mean, I was coaching at Chatsy Central. Um, uh, shoot, man, it's, it's so many Renaissance McKenzie. Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. So so I done been kind of everywhere, man. I got a district, CMA got a district yeah. ring when I was at uh, uh, Central. And, um, you know, from there. That's when I got my first stop. Coach Henry uh, gave me a shout out at Schoolcraft College. And uh, I literally started from the bottom. I mean, I'm talking about back in the day where I took my church league. I formed a league in church with guys that was like seven, eight years old. And then we were on the YMCA on Seven Mile and Lasser. And I took it from there and ran it with – Coach Sean Trice, who's now at uh, Colgate uh, University in uh, New York, and uh, he was the director then. And so I did that for about 
three or four years while still juggling high school ball. So I, I really love the development and giving of, of players. And um, so that just goes to show you, you know, I wasn't just in this for the moment. I literally mm-hmm. progressed up the ladder from the bottom, you know. So, yeah. And, and, and that's how the, that's the journey and that's the process that, uh, you know, that that you post to go through. And I always say a lot of people in your day are used to that. And a lot of people in my day aren't really used to that. We are very instant gratification people. Um, but the process and like you talk about the grind, a lot of us, we just see the end, you know, yeah. you know, in terms of basketball, we just see Steph Curry hit half court shots. <laughs> we don't see the we don't see the grind that you know that goes in ahead of time yeah. and how long it took to get there. And that process is important. Yeah, it's definitely important. Even even when I relay it to my, my players on the court, you know, sometimes I have to tell them, you know, you're not going to get everything you need in 10 hours a week. You know, you have to be in here morning, noon and night, you know, in between classes when you can get that work in. You can't show up to a game. You know, if we play at five o'clock, you come walking through the door at four. And I'll say, you know, if you have any aspirations of playing any type of pro ball, uh, you know, I used to always give guys this example. I said, do you know what time Rip Hamilton would show up to the palace? Uh, now, now think about all the running that he does. Now the game starts at eight o'clock. He may show up at three o'clock. That's just for treatment. And then he goes to another <laughs> three hours of workout before the game. So he, the game. yeah. So he's good and ready. You know, look at guys like him, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. They didn't just get like they got overnight just because they were blessed with a jump shot. It had to be some more added to that. So you're absolutely yeah. right, man. This new generation, you guys that don't even know how to drink water out of a water hose, y'all want that instant gratification right now. <laughs> the water hose that hit different. Oh. <laughs> That's the best water too. <laughs> That, that, man, no nothing tastes better than the water hose water. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of going back to that, so how difficult though in that process was coaching um, at a school like Schoolcraft? For those who don't know, Schoolcraft is a school that many people commute to, um, so you don't have the advantages that many university or colleges do when it comes to players being on campus. You have everybody commuting to you. Um, was that kind of a challenge as a coach and something, you know, that you guys had to deal with there? Yeah, it was it was definitely a challenge because, like you said, it was the commute factor. You know, uh, just given a, a, a roughly speaking, if you were in the inner city of Detroit, you know, it may have took you 20 minutes tops to get there maybe. But if you didn't have transportation, you wasn't going to get out there because bus services didn't go. And then you had a lot of, lot of guys that was riding around with bold L's. You didn't want to cross that side of <laughs> of Detroit you, go Livonia. you know that that's a whole nother ball game you might not get out for a month you know they <laughs> they had a target on on black people out there let's just keep it real mm-hmm. so let's just be honest yeah. Yeah. so you know um and they are trying to stop us coach <laughs> they, are, they, are, they always trying to keep a brother down, man. They out here trying to keep me so, out. We out. We, we out here making it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was I was ending up just saying that, yeah, you know, basically out there in school crap, we 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 made it do what we could do. Um, you know, uh Coach Henry, you know, I'm always have, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always indebted to, to Coach Henry, man, because he he gave me my first shot, you know, into the college ranks. Um so you know, from there, it kind of just catapulted and, you know, I, I'll let you go ahead and take over and then I'll just ask you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, and that's, and, 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 uh, that's, that's what I want to, I can give you the high head and that's exactly where I want to go to next. Kind of, cal- you, you know, you kind of took that school craft job and you said like that first, when you first get into the college system, you know, now you, now you've made it. And it takes it takes a certain special type of guy to say, okay, now that I've made it, let, let's get better. You know, let's go to the next step. And that's exactly what you did moving on to WC3. Um, and and you know, go ahead and just let me know how, yeah, how that yeah, happened for you, you know, because. Yeah, just, talk, just, just talking about the ground once again, you know, so I love uh, uh, Schoolcraft. Uh, and, and honestly, that's where I first met your dad and we worked together. I mean, I knew of your dad. But uh, that's where I first met him, and we got to lock horns and, and put our ideas together, man. And, you know, his his knowledge of defense is, is what helped me be successful 
in, in my coaching stops, to be quite honest. You know, um, it, it, it's not a reason everywhere I've went, I've been in the top three in country and defense at the universities that and I, I coach and defense. And, uh, you know, I, I take pride in it, you know, and, 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 and I still, and I don't jump in the head a little bit, but, you know, I talk to him after the game, especially the ESPN games. He'd be like, coach, you ain't had a man up such and such. He need to come up a little more. Coach, he got his hands down. I'm like, all right. You know, I feel like I'm back playing again, and we the same age. <laughs> you got him. He, he too high, coach. He, he trapping too early. He not supposed hey, to trap before the free throw line. All right, listen to you. You sound just like you. <laughs> you trapping too early, coach. Hey, hey, look. I told Coach V. I said, as soon as I get my first Division One job, he the first one I'm coming after, boy. He 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 don't have to worry about a thing. But uh, yeah, so so when I left Schoolcraft, man, um, you know, WC3 hired me. And at that time, they were going through a transition. Um, they were moving from the Greenfield and uh, Joy Road campus to the old University of Detroit Mercy campus on Otter Drive and um, uh, Southfield Freeway. And Southfield so, Freeway, during, yeah. yeah, so at that time, they were going through the transition and they were trying to figure out how they were going to uh, – run their basketball team and so what ended up happening was they end up putting the team uh the whole program in defunct because they didn't have a gymnasium at the time and they didn't want them using the old facilities uh when they shut that campus down on uh greenfield um you know that that was pretty much it and so you know i was just like hey all right, you know, like what's next for me, you know? And to be quite honest, I didn't, I didn't see what was ahead, you know. And so, it wasn't even uh, maybe two months, maybe. Um, uh, Coach Turner from uh, University of Michigan Dearborn had called me, and uh, you know, it's sad to say that one of the assistant coaches over there had lost his life practicing uh, with the guys, end up having a heart attack, and so. Um, you know, you talk about favor. So, you know, we went to pay the respects and it was the funeral service. And so, you know, how, how close knit Detroit players and coaches are. So you had about, coaches you know, it, yeah, you had anywhere from, you know, a hundred coaches there at the funeral services. And while they were there, they were pulling down his leg, asking him, yo, what's up? Uh, I know you lost one. Uh, you know, you got a spot open now. And I just thought that was a little insensitive and it was just bad timing, man. And so maybe about two days after the, the funeral service, you know, Turner called me, which was unexpected. And he said, hey, you know, you everything I've been looking for. I think this will be a great fit for you if you would like to come along. And so that's how I ended up at University of Michigan Dearborn. So it was just favor at that time, mm -hmm. man. And um, at that time I went and, you know, during the middle of the season, uh, he decided to leave, so I took over as the interim coach, and I end up guiding them um, to the first round of the WAC playoffs. And um, you know, kind of had a had a had a decent year. You know, made some um, great accomplishments there. You know, people that don't know made about some University. noise. Yeah, people that don't know about University of Michigan. You know, that's basically the Ivy League of what it is so it's not no run-of-the-mill joe blow can just get in there so to get the type of athletes and students is is real difficult there you know so to to accomplish what we did in a short amount of time with the lack of talent that we had you know i i, I feel good about it <clears throat> yeah that's something special because and that's the hardest thing that those Ivy League schools find, uh, have issues with, especially in the city. You know, you're still in the inner city of Detroit. Um, yeah. You know, Dearborn, nothing but down the block. So you still have that same, you know, that issue with, OK, you got to be able to have the grades to get here as well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's tough when you look at all the other schools in the in the conference. When you look at all the other schools in the conference, such as a McDonough, Indiana Tech, you know, that, that can they can get somebody with below a 2.0 to come in there and play. <laughs> so, you know, you at least need a yeah. 3.5 or above <laughs> with a 22 on your ACT to get in Michigan Dearborn. To get to Michigan Dearborn. And if you don't know about the Detroit public school system, there's not oh. too many kids with 3.5 yeah. and 22s yeah. on the ACTs in the PSL. 
And if they are, they're not going to Michigan Dearborn. They're not going to Michigan Dearborn if they do. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, y'all was able to do some real special stuff over there. And, you know, that also helped you to, again, help back with, uh, you know, help back out with the culture. You went to Fisk University, historical black college. Um I mean, talk a little bit about that because that's that's beautiful right there to go back to Fisk because people forget about how great those HBCUs are. Yeah, you know, another another, you know, you talk about finding favor. Um, you know, I knew I wasn't going to stay at, at Michigan Dearborn. Um, you know, they wanted me to, uh, you know, keep the job, and I needed to get myself and my family out of the city of Detroit. You know, I like I said, I grew up there, worked. Uh, been there forever and it was just enough you know and I just needed some new scenery man and 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 I applied at this man and uh, went down there and just was looking at the style and you know that was my first experience working with a HBCU and um, you know I went in as an assistant my first couple of years before I took over as the as the head coach and uh, it, it, it was a beautiful thing you know um, one of the things that I've always preached about the HBCUs, you do get mad love, you know, um, and in some degree, I wish I would have went there to a HBCU. Um, but I, know I was I spoiled. I know yeah, I, I was, I was spoiled, you know, by my cousin being up in Eastern Michigan. I was seeing how they were living up at Eastern Michigan and I'm like, Hey, this the life. But when I started taking visits to HBCUs, I was like, oh, no, these amenities, the amenities turned me off. I wasn't thinking long term about how the family can help me down the road. I was looking at the material things. Yep. And so, you know, when I when I recruited kids, you know, I would let them know, like, hey, this is a brotherhood. This is what you're going to get. It's family oriented, blah, blah, blah. So. Um, it was it was just a blessing, man, working there. Um, you know, I met some beautiful people. I met some uh, prominent people that I'm still in in uh, touch with in today's. You know, um, I won't say who is some some of Detroit's finest there, and I don't want to put them out there like that. But but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. just across the world, just across the country. Um, I was an ambassador on behalf of uh, the vice president of the admission office. So not only was I a basketball coach and recruiting coordinator, you know, I was going out on behalf of the admissions department that was sending me to California, Texas, uh, Nebraska, just recruiting kids at different sports that I don't even coach. But my recruiting skill was so good. But you don't even they coach. Entrusted me. Yeah, they entrusted me to go out there and sell the school for them. So, um, you know, and, and, and that's and that stop uh, in Nashville, man, it, w- it was great. I did some great things there. I was the first um, first coach in history to win a GCAC uh, conference game there and uh, pretty came close to, uh, you know, winning the uh, overall tournament and making it to the Nationals. But we knocked off mm-hmm. some ranked teams. You know, Xavier was no joke. Talladega was no joke. Uh, Martin Methodist. And, um, you know, once again, thanks to your dad and his influence, at that time, I was number two and three in the country in defense. And, uh, you know, he would make the trip down. Yeah, he would make the trip down. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know my offense because we was putting up numbers, (laughs) you know. So, um, um, you know. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, don't get it twisted. But but I'm just a believer of defense because defense wins championships. You can be you can score all day long, but if you can't stop nobody, you know, the score can be two to zero. I won because I stopped you. You know, I get that steal, you know. So, yeah, man, it, it, we we we've done some marvelous things when I was in Nashville. I brought a ton of Detroit kids down showing love and, um, you know, letting them get educations. And um, I don't regret it. I don't regret it, man. And at Fisk University, when you have, you know, you guys are starting to fire on all cylinders you're talking about, what is, dig a little deeper into that team a little bit, I guess, your offensive philosophy, and I know that's what you said you do that, how do you like to play your guys at Fisk? You know, right now, people who watch NBA, most of my average fans, they're used to some five-out pick-and-roll, everyone stand and watch. I know you're not coaching that way. (laughs) 
No, no, no. We were up tempo, man. You know, uh, if we can get it on the break, we gone. If not, we hitting it in the secondary. Um, you know, I was a five out person, but it wasn't a five out stand and go James Harden type type thing. It was no five out constant motion. If you stand in more than a second, you wrong, you know, and I'm getting you out the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was, that's my philosophy still to this day. It's the up tempo, you know, a lot of, a lot of these big schools and, and, uh, they're trying to mimic the NBA with the pick and roll and, you know, everybody shooting from half court, you know, like I say, I'm a fan of Steph Curry, but to some degree, I think he's hindered the game because everybody thinks they can shoot from half court. And that's not realistic. You know, mm -hmm. um, the, the mid range game is lost. Now, when you talk about Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, guys that can shoot from 12 and 15, hit the short corner. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not there anymore. It's rare if you see it, you know, so we like to push the tempo. You know, I think we would used to average, man, on a slow night, we would average somewhere about 85 points a game. And we would hold guys to, you know, about 60 something, to be honest. You know, we were we were in a barn burner a few times where we lost, you know, a few points here and there. And I even think I did the calculation one time uh, with, with my players uh, that I still talk to to this day. I said, man, I think if we would have won a maybe minimum of six games we lost, I think we lost by something like an equivalent of uh, 12 points. And I said, do y'all know where we would have been at if we don't, <laughs> you know, one of them hit a free throw here or, you know, didn't cause a wow. turnover here. A couple free throws. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, hey, you know, that's what it is, man. It's part of the game. And the funny thing about that offense, I know how you coach. I know how my dad coach, and it's a it's a player's favorite team to play for because, believe it or not, there's no such thing as a bad shot. You're absolutely you, you coach right. like Bobby Huggins at West Virginia. You you absolutely right. If if you knew how many players after I I uh, played them. They send me emails or they will stop me and say, Coach, I want to come play for you. I like the way you play. Like, like that's how – honestly, that's how I ended up at, at Reinhardt. And we could transition there. I had so many of them players, not only did mm -hmm. they like the, the HBCU experience, you know, being in them packed gyms, seeing them sisters, you know, seeing them frats, you know, hearing that music bumping and the everything. band. Yeah, they were like, man, you was getting them up, coach. I I, I want to come play for you until I see how much he costs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I guess why is that as a coach? You know, many coaches, you know, I've played for some coaches who don't, you know, they quote unquote have handcuffs on their players and they want you to, you know, eight eight passes before you take a shot no matter what. I guess what's behind your philosophy, you know, guys like you and my dad and Coach Huggins who just say, you know, shoot the ball. Well, you know, I, I, first, you know, you have to be a realist as a coach and you have to make your players believe in what you're telling them. You know, uh, one thing I, I learned, like I said, from Coach Henry, one thing that, that holds fast to what he said was, you know, the players will know before <laughs> anybody know, you know, so – even if sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, you know, you better know what you're talking about. So I'm a realist when I when I see players after we conduct open gyms and I look and I see their skill set, you have to tell them, hey, son, this is your role. I don't mind you doing X, Y, and Z, but this is your role. So if you get them comfortable enough, they're saying, hey, I know I can shoot from the free throw down, free throw line down, I'm good. It shouldn't be no problems. But if you know that you are 12 foot and under, you shouldn't be shooting out there 18 feet. I have a problem with that, you know. So I'm I, I am truly a player's coach, man, in, in every sense of the word. Um, any of my guys that you call to this day, I have a beautiful relationship with them because I've always treated them like I wanted somebody to treat me, like I wanted somebody to treat my son and my daughters. When they go off to college, I don't care if it was the, the school up the street. I still want them to feel comfortable mm -hmm. um, in that atmosphere while they are while they are with you. So that's how I end up getting a lot of my players. And that's why a lot of my players will run through walls for me, to be honest, man, because they know I had their back, whether it was we're talking basketball or we're just talking life. And, and that's what I'm dealing with with a lot of my former players, some of them that's pro 
some of them working for the government, some of them that's managers. We talk almost every day in our little chat line, if not sending a text, we're talking about life things. Some of a lot of them that got married, they're just not experiencing fatherhood for the first time. So my phone is always blowing up, you know, and I love it. I love it. This mm-hmm. is that's really what coaching is about. Don't get me wrong, I love to win championships. I love to win games, you know, I I, I want bigger contracts. But at the end of the day, passing it along is you know, that's the message where you're saying, you know, I've I've done my just. Yeah, you, you've literally changed someone's life and outlook on everything and helped them help somebody else become a better person. So truly, like you said, pass it forward, pay it forward type of thing. Right, no doubt. And I want to touch real quick on that defense. I know, like you said, the defense is defense wins championships and a lot of players hear defense and they think, man, that's like a lot of hard work and I got to try hard, but to the, to the young ball players out there, can you just explain how, how easy it is offensively when you play defense? Like how, uh, how know, much it make the whole game easier. It, it makes it a, a whole lot easier. And it also, you know, you have to drill into them. Hey, you're going to get your points. If you're in the right position, if you're talking, if you sitting down, if you got you you up in them with your hands up, you're going to get your points. Now, don't get me wrong. You might not be hitting 30, you know, 25, 30 points a game, which you've coming out of high school accustomed to, but you're going to get your points. You know, at the end of the day, basketball is a team sport. The goal is to win. So when you get in them steals and you turn around right back pressing, Nine times out of ten, the psyche in another player's mind is, man, they just stole the ball. Man, they just stole the ball again. Man, I'm just... so it's going to keep coming to you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a time where you can say, okay, it's time to run some sets. It's time to run some offense. But these are the type of players that I go after. You know, if you can't play defense, you can't play for me. That's that's just the end of the end of the game. You know, I believe in <laughs> you know uh, the old UNLV running rebels with Larry Johnson and Stacy Augman. I believe in the Loyola Marymount type of, mm-hmm. you know, up tempo. I believe in, you know, the Michigan, uh, you yeah. know, hey, I mean, you see it right here, even though it's going to be a podcast, you see the shirt. <laughs> so, you know, that's Yeah, just, right? Michigan right here. Me, man. <laughs> I, you know, I love it. <laughs> it, 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 make, it make it so much easier. You get two, four, six points off of a couple of steals, a couple of layups on a fast break. You ain't even got to work too hard to get your other stuff in. And I think that's kind of what, um, you know, we're seeing right now, I think, in college basketball. The the better, the best teams right now in college basketball are the teams that have been together for more than two months. All the teams that are struggling are the teams that have full of freshmen. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 thing, about, the thing about defense is it's, it's, it's – I'm not going to say it has to be chemistry-related. But you can be on the same it's page like hand, without though. even knowing the person. Yeah, without without even knowing the person, you know. Um, I just look at how much hell that we gave, you know, like I say, coming from the small schools at, at Michigan, Dearborn, Fisk, and, and my last stop, Reinhardt. I look at how much trouble I gave these Division One teams. Trouble. I mean, we're talking about teams that had made the NCAA tournament, teams that have made the conference. I mean, you're talking about the, the Jacksonville States, the uh, – <laughs> East Tennessee University, uh, quiet as LSU. We we gave them trouble, you know. LSU, so, LSU I gave them so a fight. I, I mean, I just down the line. I just it's just amazing. So it doesn't really matter your skill set if you're biting down and playing. It will get done. Now, when you start talking about the the bigger, you know, Power Nine. I mean, Power Five schools. You know, of course, down the line they're gonna they're gonna wear you out because of their bodies. The bodies is is what eventually wins the game along with maybe a little referee help, you know? So, uh, you know, yeah. uh, to, to beat those teams, to beat those teams, you really have to go in there and, and take it from the start um, to, to, to eliminate any help from the officials. Uh, to, to be honest. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that's just honestly, you know what I mean? And, and that's just what happens. And that's honestly the best part about March is when March happens, that whistle doesn't decide as many games as it does in January and December. 
that is the honest to God truth, man. And I, that's why I love March Madness. And I've always pulled for the mid-majors. Um, I, I feel I'm a mid-major coach myself. I just love the small, compact atmosphere and, and taking a, a, a school to the tournament. You know, again, like I say, I grew up with my cousin being at Eastern Michigan. So I was always around being Braun and and uh, Coach Gary Waters, who ended up leaving, going to Kent State mm-hmm. and some other places. I, I seen the miraculous job they did at schools like that. And I sat there and I watched them. And I said, that's what I aspire to be. So, you know, uh, them two guys are definitely on my my coaches that I've looked up to um, on my list. Um, so, you know, uh, like you say, yeah, the whistle is definitely out of play um, come March Madness because you have to go out and get it. And not only that, all eyes are on you. So if, if it's a little uh, cheating here, there, it's going to be seen, <laughs> you know. It's going to be seen. You're going to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are you liking going into this tournament, Coach? Uh, March is around the corner. You see Michigan on TV. A little bit tough game today, but they had a fantastic season, though. Is Gonzaga yeah. too good? <laughs> well, you, you know, um, if, if I'm being honest and, and – Be honest, and like I, yeah. I asked you, I'm unfiltered. You know, I Keep really don't like – Yeah, I don't like Gonzaga. You know, first, first let me say – it's amazing that everybody is playing in this COVID year. Um, um, it, it's tough, man, and I'm I'm kind of glad that I'm not coaching this this year um, because it is. You just look at people don't realize what the not only the university but the, the kids go through. You know, you're talking about getting a cotton swab up your nose every couple of days, um, and studying, and practicing, and being isolated. You know, and it's like that for plays on a person's psyche. For a 17-year-old kid, you're isolated from everybody. So not every university and school, college can afford the, the swab of the mouth. You know, you, you have to get it however you can get it. And, um, you know, just to be to get back on who I like, uh, I've never been one to, to like Gonzaga because, to me, they run through that uh, WCC like, you know, a hot knife through Swiss cheese. Um, of course, I'm a, I'm a Michigan guy through and through, man, you know, and, and right now people can say what they want. The Big Ten is killing. The Big Ten is killing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm down south now in Georgia and, you know, we always have this debate. But y'all SEC country, y'all need to stick to football <laughs> because basketball ain't it for y'all. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. So, you know, I got to go with the Michigan. Yeah. I, I like Illinois. Um. You know, Illinois is tough. Maryland is tough. Um, you know, Baylor, you know, I like I like Baylor. You know, Alabama is coming on, you know. So it, it, it's really, honestly, um, I would say other than them, them top guys I just named, other than that, it's kind of wide open because you don't know day-to-day who's going to be available to play. You know, it, it may it, – it And that's the well kicker come March. Yeah, it very well may be one of them Butler type of years when Butler played, went back to back and, and lost to Florida, you know. So it may be one of them type of years where you see some somewhat of a little mid-major school, you know, take a stance right now. And I really like, uh, like you said, Michigan. Obviously, I'm go blue all day. Love Michigan, okay. um, but I really like what Nate Oates got and got, got has going on. though, at the Alabama, there you can see. He's he's not a Detroit coach, but he played against so many Detroit, Detroit teams. In there. <laughs> <laughs> he got that Detroit flavor now, and Nate's got those boys trapping. He's got them. I see them in the full court twelve, the two two, everything, and yeah. and he's got them shooting threes, and he's got them playing Detroit basketball, like you said, up tempo and gritty. Hey, that that's the biggest thing, man. You know. Um, uh, you know, some people had a had a problem when I came down south and I brought that that flavor. They were seeing all these Detroit people on the roster and this, that, and the other. And that's how I say, look, you got to change the flavor. You have to change the culture. If you guys want w- winning, you can't have nice guys playing basketball. It's just not going to work. You know, if that's the case, then you need to just uh, almost uh, some type of flag football. You need to put a flag around their waist and tell them they can't cross yeah. half court 
And, you know, that 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 type of basketball. So you have to change the culture to bring that winning style. And then when you start changing the culture, then that opens up the door for you to get other type of flavors in there. And then you don't know what you may have. So, like you said, Nate is definitely doing it. Yeah, he's doing a great job. He did a great job at Buffalo. Um, he's doing a great job at, at Alabama. I mean, that's one of the reasons he got that big contract extension, too. Um, you know, it's been nice to see. <laughs> You know, Avery Johnson get that, you know, but, you know, us, us black coaches, we don't get the same fair share as, as our white counterparts, you know, if we're just keeping it a book. And I was about to lead right into that. And it's uh, and it's, it's no slack or anything towards Nate Oat and his staff. They doing an amazing job. All. But Not like you all. said, to keep it to keep it a book. And to keep it a buck, though, we uh, as black coaches, y- y'all got to go through a lot more to even get to where y'all want to get with them. And then if one issue happens, uh, it is a, it's a, a tumble down the snow, <laughs> down the snow hill. And you probably won't be able to recover. You know, it, 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 it's, it's funny and not even, not even just college basketball. I mean, when you start looking at the, the span of just athletics period, when you look at, you know, football, uh, NBA, uh, baseball, you know, um, we're not going to even count hockey. I don't even know if it was a black coach in hockey. And I'm a hockey fan, you know, so I, I don't I don't know, man. But but we don't get the, the same uh, cards dealt to us. And then when we do get the cards dealt to us, it's a, a temporary hot situation. So you may have coach uh, Joe Blue over here who who messed up for the university so now to make it right, oh, we'll 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 distract them and we'll bring this brother in. As soon as the brother win, you know, one or two games, hey, thanks, you know, you got us by this grace period that we needed to take this distraction off us. We're gonna have to move in another direction. You know, it's almost like the uh, one of my favorite Every movies, uh, uh, Titans. Uh, what is it with Denzel Washington? Uh, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. You know, they're waiting for him to lose one game, one game. So, you know, it's just it's just rough, man. We're, we're never in that that situation where we have the, the chance to succeed like our counterparts. And, you know, a lot of that comes from higher up. You know, we have to get in those roles, you know, and so we can hire a lot more of us. Um, you know, if you look in the news, I think last week, you know, I love my guy Shannon Sharp, but he was ridiculing uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, you know, from making a statement of some sort, he hires within. And so, like, well, you know, his brother's out here trying to get jobs. Why wouldn't you hire a brother? You know, Bruce Arians' staff is, is loaded down there in Tampa, and they won. So let's get rid of that myth that, you know, we, we can't do it. No, we can do it if we if we get our chance to walk through the door. It, it makes no sense that we do the same job. You can have a losing year, but you get extended a five-year deal. Here it is. You know, I'm just walking through the door. I don't even have my own recruits in there, but y'all on my neck, you know, and it's, it's just unreal, man. And y'all coaching. And playing ninety five percent of African American players, it, it may even be ninety nine. I don't know, but it, it, it's just. I was gonna say man. that's the biggest deal. Yeah, yeah. It, it... Van Gundy was announcing, and he's been proven as a bad coach who doesn't win. It's ton of other coaches out there you could give a chance. The Pelicans choose to just rehire this same old guy who they know isn't gonna do it. And there's plenty of other coaches that we've seen repeat the same cycle, Dan Tony, all the of them, and they cycle. just keep them in rotation. And, and I just don't get it. Like you say, from the NBA on to college, it's guys that that bring a bad name to universities get caught with 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 drunk driving, uh, inappropriate. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian just got hired at Texas. Inappropriate behavior with kids, and guess what? They get hired right back. Whereas a brother like me that's struggling. Keep trying to climb that mountain just to get my fair share of one shot. You know, I, I won't even get a look at, it, you know, and it, it's just mm-hmm. unreal to me, man. It's just unreal, you know. And then when we do make it, we don't get the credit. I still remember to this day how they dogged Tubby Smith when he was at Kentucky. Oh, well, he won a championship, but those were Rick Patino players. Well, guess what? He had to coach him. He had to motivate him. 
they still had to play the games. You know, now if he didn't and win. they're saying the same thing about Michigan right now with Jawan Howard. Hey, man, Jawan's doing a fabulous job up there, man. And, and, and fabulous. You know, the naysayers can say what they want, man. He's came and he's kept the tradition on. You know, he he didn't change what um, – I don't think he's changed what Beeline had going on. He just put his own footprint added on to the program. He added to it, you know. So he's he's doing a fabulous job, man. And, and, again, I'm a Michigan guy through and through, man. And, you know, they can take that conversation somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not having it. I feel you, Coach. Well, I, I know we, uh, we could talk all day. I'm going to let you get you going. But I want to ask a couple of questions just yeah, before ahead. I let you go. So give me your if – if you were – if you had your son or daughter, you saw them in the game, and some great basketball players to look up to, what are five players you would show them film of? Well, the first one is definitely going to be hometown, Isaiah Thomas. Um, you're talking about a guy who was tough. Uh, you know, they, they call uh, Steph Curry the, the baby assassin. No, Isaiah had a smile that was uh, <laughs> built for Kodak. But when he got on that court, he was the meanest joker ever. I mean, let's be for real. There's a reason Jordan really don't like him. You know what I'm saying? Because Isaiah was giving people the business, you know, and then – you think about you 28 know, this and 12. Was, this was before your time, but he would come down and bust up John Stockton, Malone and them, elbow him. He'd get gashed up. He'd come right back and he'd drop in 30 40. So Isaiah was a tough guy, man, and he was a good floor general. So number one would be Isaiah. Number two definitely would have to be Jordan. Jordan had a, and kept a killer mentality. You know, he just wanted to be the greatest. And in my opinion, he is uh, one of the best, um, um, you know, to me, I'm not a LeBron fan as far as a basketball player because he don't have that killer mentality. Now, off the court, his humanitarian work, the things that he's done, I love him. He's number one in my book. But as far as being a, a, a NBA player, he, no, no, he, he's not in my list. So two would be Jordan. Three, Allen Iverson. I, Iverson, another, you know, small dog that, that just one of them grits, you know, you talking about a playground kid up there from Virginia. Best powerful power ever. Hey, ever, ever. And we'll give you buckets and keep going. You know, you talking about somebody that literally carried a team to the NBA championship by itself and won the first game, you know? So um, that would be, that would be uh, number three. <clears throat> the fourth player would probably be Shaq. Uh, when you're looking at somebody just a powerful, dominant center, it's, it's, it's hard to move that. It's, it's hard to move that, you know, and I'm just being real. I mean, he was a, a dominant force of his era. Um, you know, nobody nobody can control him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Lajuan and, and Ewing and all of that. But, man, that he was a freak of nature, man. And probably the fifth um, – that that's kind of a toss-up for me. Um, it would probably be a, a – a 5A, 5B type, you know, with Sean Kemp being one one of the five A's. I mean, you're talking about somebody that plays defense. You throw anything up, he's going to get it. And he was tough as nails, you know. And then I could split that also tough with, nails. you know, the 5B would probably be somebody like a Dominique Wilkins maybe, you know. Um, he was just another tough guy, you know. And, um you know, and and I just totally forgot because the best player to me of all time, I love it, Magic Johnson. Uh, I know people think I'm crazy, but Magic is, I mean, he's all around. I mean, you're talking about somebody that played all five positions, uh, made every team Man, better. Played center in the NBA Finals. I mean, you know, you play go back center to the NBA Finals. Right, right. You know, so that to me, that's the all-time greatest, Magic Johnson, man. So those are my five. A and B. <laughs> uh, uh, A and B. <laughs> give me, give me your all-time starting five. Your all-time starting five. And you pick anybody you want. It will have to be Magic, uh, Jordan, uh, Shaq, Bird. Man, got to have Larry. They don't know about Larry. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's a good man, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to go ahead and roll with Iverson, man. 
I'm gonna have to roll with Iverson. <laughs> okay, man, okay, I'm got to. I'm an fan, man. I was in line for them shoes. I was in line for them, them, them questions when they came out, man. <laughs> yeah, one of the coldest nicknames in the game. The answer. What? what? <laughs> Who are your five favorite players right now to watch in the NBA? I know it might be a little tough, but who are some of the guys you still try to tune in to to watch, though, that you're impressed with? Uh, Dame time. Damian Lillard. Uh, Steph Curry. Um, uh, You know, I like Klay Thompson, man. Um, I I wish he'd hurry up and get back. Hope he Um, come back healthy, man. I I need it. KD. And uh, I like Giannis. Okay, okay, the yeah. Greek freak. I'm not. I'm not the yeah. biggest Greek freak fan yet, but uh, I, 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 I see some potential there. I need him to go ahead. Yeah, and- yeah. I, I think he has a lot of untapped potential, man. You know, I mean, the athleticism is there. You know, and and he's still young enough to the learn the game. Is there too. Oh, the defense is definitely there. You know, so he get that that jump shot and a. Good patented move to go to the basket. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Coach, man. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get this dropped, and this has been a pleasure to have you. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate it. It was definitely long overdue, man. And, you know, maybe we'll chime back in after March Madness and see what these predictions come out to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir yes sir we definitely gonna tap back in so i appreciate it coach this is uh coach jay smith everybody thanks for coming on coach all, all love man peace sports talking we talking sports talking i'm thinking ready to play in the jeter fuse with boston now that kobe retired i'm thinking kobe for office also except the nba checks i'm taking office from detroit right to the big leagues the big screen where we prove that we on big things i'm doing what i want to keep on looking at it's Immensely, AB with the quick feet, intensely waiting. It's a suspense, but I'm finally here. Follow me here, cause trust me, it's no time to be square. And if you really did trust me, then you would solemnly swear to pop a bottle for every banner that's flying in the air.